Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go on a Tuesday back feeling great live in Los Angeles. It's the herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Happy holidays to everybody. Hope you had a great Christmas and Christmas Eve the previous two days. We are back. J Mac joining us one hour from now. The herd hierarchy what to do with Dallas what to do with Buffalo, what to do with Kansas City and the Niners and the Ravens. Wild last few days in the NFL. J-Mac, well, not a great showing for for your MVP, Brock Purdy. Oh, yes. Uh, interesting place to start the show. <laughs> Christmas is over, baby. Brock Purdy had a, uh, he had a rough one. It happens. Happens to the best of them. 33-19 Ravens. Last night wasn't about the Niners. It really wasn't. It was about the most disrespected team and the most disrespected quarterback in the National Football League. That's what last night was about. And for the love of God, stop showing me stats. I have eyes. I watch the games. Lamar Jackson was the best player on the field, on a field with 10 Hall of Famers, and it wasn't particularly close. Stop with the Tua, Dak, Brock Purdy nonsense. Baltimore's been ravaged by injuries. What are they on their 19th running back? They lost their Pro Bowl tight end, left tackle, plays, doesn't play, plays, doesn't play. Doesn't matter. Rookie receiver, multiple drops, doesn't matter. If you were a scout and were sent to this game and they said, give me a, give me a take on the two quarterbacks, your take would be on Brock Purdy, kind of a guy, could be a backup. And your take on Lamar Jackson would be, holy God, I've never seen a player like that. The dude runs, looks like half speed against the Niners. Half speed. 
Thursday Thanksgiving football backyard with cousins, half speed, who runs whenever he wants, whenever he wants, home, road, good weather, bad weather, against the 49ers defense. There's nothing like him on the planet. I don't need to see passer rating. He wins 80% of his games, and he wins big games. People in Miami freaking out. Miami hasn't won a playoff game since 2000. Ooh, we won a home game over Dallas. Lamar Jackson wins games like this every Sunday, home or away. He's 20-1 and in his career against the NFC because if you don't see him regularly, you don't know how to contain him. You don't know what to do with him. You've never seen any player like him. And all it is is disrespect and doubt. Tua and Lamar Jackson, same breath, stop it. Purdy, Lamar Jackson, same breath. It's incredible. And then you add a really good coach and a really physical culture, and what you have is a team that can go into San Francisco and push, despite referees getting in the way, push the 49ers all over the field. The Ravens did to the Niners what the Niners do to everybody else. They embarrassed them. They pushed them around. They had all the answers. The Niners were left with all the questions. They poked you in the ribs. They lowered your self-esteem. And you come out of a game with the Niners and think, what are we? And now the Niners this morning wake up due to Lamar Jackson and ask themselves, what are we? Ooh, we beat Dallas at home. Ooh, we can bully bad teams. But against a good Browns defense on the road, loss. Against a physical Ravens team at home and Lamar Jackson, outplayed and bullied. I mean, last night is what a most valuable player looks like. You ever watch a game and think two is the best athlete on the field or Dak or Brock Purdy? Last night on a game with seven, eight Hall of Fame level talents. That's just on the Niners. He was easily the best player on the field. It was high school and JV running. Is it half speed? Getting whatever he wants. Finding crevices where there are none. That's what a most valuable player looks like. Not stats, not a coach, not because of the weapons. This is a team with a rookie wide receiver who half the time can't catch. Ronnie Stanley left tackle sometimes plays. Pro Bowl tight end gone for the year. On a third running back against the best roster in the league and annihilates them, humiliates them, and leaves the Niners asking the question that Niner opponents do. What are we? Here's John Harbaugh after. I thought Lamar had an MVP performance tonight. You know, uh, he, uh, it takes a team to, uh, to create a performance like that, but it takes a player to play at that level, to, to, to play at an MVP level. It takes a player to play that way, and Lamar was all over the field doing everything. Yeah, it was pretty good. So the Dallas Cowboys lost to Miami. I won't get into the officiating, but um, wasn't this the season that things were going to be different for Dallas. Mike McCarthy preached, we are going to run the football more, be less reliant on Dak, physical. No, they just wanted to push Kellen Moore out of the building because Mike McCarthy was threatened by him. Once again, the Cowboys are totally Dak reliant. Tony Pollard has had one 100-yard rushing game week three. Mike McCarthy wanted Kellen Moore out of the building because Mike McCarthy is threatened by lots of things. So he went, remember that before Dallas went down to his basement 
analytics crew and then told everybody he watched every cowboy play the previous season later acknowledged yeah i didn't the cowboys once again are totally dak reliant seven and one when he doesn't turn it over sub 500 when he does at least once i said and i'll say it again i said at the trade deadline you got to go get derrick henry you got to have a physical presence you're not going to be totally Dak reliant in road games and win against high-scoring offenses. Because every road game for the Cowboys against the decent offense looks the same. One turnover, average to slightly above average head coach, a B-plus quarterback, they all look the same, and Dallas can't run and doesn't run. And that's all we heard all offseason. That's it, right? It's a new day. It's a new team. It's a new physicality. Oh, nonsense. Jerry Jones is a great salesman. But he doesn't have a very good BS radar. And Mike McCarthy keeps telling him what he wants to hear. I watched every one of your plays before I came here. No, they didn't. We're going to be physical and run the football. No, they don't. Totally Dak reliant. The three times this year Dallas has had to face like a top five or six offense. San Francisco, number three. uh, Miami, number one. Buffalo, number six. Dallas can't run the ball because Tony Pollard's a second back. He's an off-speed pitch. He's a breaking pitch. He's not a Derrick Henry. You can't lean behind him. So what happens? Dak gets into a shootout as a B-plus quarterback on the road with high-powered offenses. And Dallas is going to lose a lot of those games. And Dak, through the years, has lost a lot of those games. Dak was at his very best his first couple of years when Zeke was the best running back in the league and the Cowboys' own line was the best in the NFL. And you go into this game against Miami and your great all-world left tackle, Tyron Smith's not there, and you can't run the football because you can't run the football. This was all about Mike McCarthy once again saying whatever it takes to impress Jerry and keep Jerry off his back and retain his employment. This was going to be different. We're going to run the ball. Less Dak reliant. The team's totally reliant on Dak. Who, when he faces, you know, like a Josh Allen or a lot of weapons with Miami or a lot of weapons with the Niners, has to save the day. And that's not who Dak is. Dak's good. He's not special. Doesn't have a great arm. Doesn't run around like Lamar Jackson. He's good. He's good. But when he can't run the ball, you have a coach situationally that scares us away from home. This is what Dallas games look like against another team that can score. And again, it, it's it's they, Mike McCarthy just wanted Kellen Moore out of the building. You know, that's what he wanted. He wanted Kellen out of here because Kellen was a threat. And he keeps telling Jerry what he wants to hear. But uh, I, I, I still think when, when Dallas plays with Tyron Smith available at left tackle, I think it's a good, good, good team. Very good team. Tyron Smith leaves. Bradley Chubb looks like Lawrence Taylor. Tyron Smith plays. Bradley Chubb would have been invisible. But Tyron Smith didn't play. And you don't run the ball. And it's a bunch of promises you've never kept. And you lost again. It's not the end of the season. But doesn't it feel like Groundhog Day? Here's Dak after. I mean, I guess it feeds it, right? We didn't didn't come out with the win. But... um... I can tell you the confidence is, is, is high from that group. Obviously, this, this one sucks. It hurts, especially, as you just said, in the manner um, th- that we did, that we lost this one. Um, but, but the confidence is high in these guys. We, uh, we understand that, that we can. Obviously, we haven't done it, um, but, but we will. And, and 
obviously the, the road forward looks like we'll be going on the road. So um, all these years, I still think Dallas has all these components, but they're going to have to win on the road. And because they don't have a great run game, they're going to be very dependent on left tackle Tyron Smith being available. And I sat and watched that game and I said, you know, for 20 years I have rolled my eyes uh, probably been a bit too cynical on the Cowboys, and I finally buy into this team that has multiple elements of a Super Bowl team. <sighs> and then they pulled a Dallas against a solid Miami team. Why did I ever bite? You know what? I'm like Jerry Jones. Mike McCarthy fooled me too. Jerry, the great salesman, doesn't have the radar, and apparently doing this job for 30 years, either do I. Because I bought it. I bit. I was the fish. I grabbed the hook. Uh, and now I just get reeled in by Mike McCarthy in Dallas. <sighs> J-Mac, I don't know. I love doing what we do, but God, I watched that game and I thought, I just, I just bit into this piece of bait. Well, wait a minute. So you're, sell, you're selling all your Dallas stock? No, no, okay, because okay, they, good, good have, to hear. Good to hear. they have a lot of elements. Yes. But it's just this Mike McCarthy has been, he did not want Kellen Moore in that building. You want to guess their, uh, you guess the him? line against Detroit this week? <laughs> Dallas is at Where's home. It at? Where's it at? Dallas is at home against the mighty Detroit Lions, who just won the division. Dallas favored by four. Six and a half in Las Vegas currently. So uh, Vegas. Dallas probably the side this week. <laughs> uh, by the way, P.S., I can't wait to talk about Brock Purdy. You should have seen the text from Cowherd, the glee last night as Brock Purdy was imploding <laughs> on national television. Uh, it was a rough one for Purdy, yeah. We'll one, talk, one game out of, uh, how many, 15, we'll, we'll 16? Talk, yeah. We'll talk about that next Herd hierarchy in 45 minutes. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. Well, you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 90 seconds, all it takes. Use the code HERD. New customers bet five. That's it, five bucks and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code HERD only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... 
It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. It is great to have you in on a Tuesday. 45 minutes from now, the herd hierarchy. Nick Wright stops by. There's going to be some breaking NFL news, potentially. There's stuff on Jim Harbaugh. I want to talk about Brock Purdy, who I've said is a good quarterback, but I don't think he is special. There's a reason he was the last guy taken in the draft. And though there are exceptions like Joe Montana taken later and Tom Brady taken way later and Mark Brunel and Tony Romo and Kurt Warner undrafted, by and large, the scouts get it right. Most of your star quarterbacks in league history are first round guys. Most of your great edge rushers are first round guys. Most of your great left tackles are first round guys. Justin Jefferson, first round guy. Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, The scouts know what they're doing. Brock Purdy, last guy taken in a draft. But with the Niners, it's always kind of the same. We have a brilliant coach. We have an excellent roster. We have weapons everywhere. And you're left sort of asking, is Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy good enough? And by the way, this is a lot of Kyle Shanahan's career is that you feel like Matt Ryan in Atlanta or Matt Schaub in Houston, Brian Hoyer in Cleveland, and Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. You're left asking, is it the coach or is it the quarterback? And so far, it's always the coach. With any other coach offensively, you'd know immediately the limitations with a Matt Schaub. We saw it. Or a Brian Hoyer, we've seen it. Or Garoppolo now in Vegas. Or Brock Purdy. But... Kyle Shanahan's a lot like that flex tape commercial where they put that big, strong tape on a boat, and it works momentarily, but if you got too much flex tape on a boat, maybe you need another boat, and it's not about the tape. And that's my takeaway. Brock Purdy, when trailing in the second half this year, has a 65 passer rating, two touchdowns and five picks. Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, they win a lot, often convincingly. It's like just a perfect symphony. But what happens when things go sideways and you play a good defense and you're trailing? You're left with a lot of nothing. Matt Stafford with the Rams is elevating everybody around him on every drive. To me, it feels like Brock Purdy is elevated by everybody around him. Shanahan, Kittle, Debo, IU, Christian McCaffrey. Flex tape works momentarily. But if you have to use flex tape on your boat, it's time to get a new boat. That tape can't be the answer, and I feel like Shanahan is that flex tape. He is the thing that makes everybody look way better than it is, and we would know instantly with any other coach, yeah, that, that guy doesn't work, or that guy doesn't work, or yeah, that, that's not going to work, but we have a history in this league with brilliant offensive coaches taking average, good, slightly below average backup quarterbacks and winning games, and often convincingly. I mean, for a, for a few hours, Gardner Minshew looked like he was going to win a division. Like, what are we doing here? We know that's not true. We know this is not an MVP talent. We know he's not the most talented person or the fourth on San Francisco's offense. And here was Brock Purdy after. It's easy to, you know, be riding the high and thinking you're the man um, when things are going well. 
winning games and all that kind of stuff. And you don't really see, you know, a whole lot of adversity um, in some games and whatnot. And, um, you know, this is the reality of the NFL. I have to look myself in the mirror and, and ask myself why or how that happened and why I made those decisions. And so um, our team came ready to play. And, um, you know, for me to make some decisions like that, um, it pains me, you know, and it's not fair to these guys. So I have to realize that and understand that, and um, I have to get better for my team. Cleveland, really good defense. Baltimore, really good defense. You're trailing. There's drops. You need a guy to save you. Brock Purdy's not a guy that can save you. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Damn, Cowards going in on Brock Purdy. I mean, nice, wow. good, good. That's what a good quarterback looks like. Oh, when he faces it. Lamar Jackson and trails and has a couple picks, a good quarterback is devoured. A great quarterback is not. So that's the difference. That's what a good quarterback looks like when you're facing the best defense in the league. You fall behind. You make a couple picks. They need you to go, hey, put us on your shoulders. Josh Allen loses games, but Josh Allen is Superman yeah. losing games. There's a kryptonite sometimes to him. But I, when I watch Brock Purdy, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is kind of what it can look like okay. when things don't go his way. So 15 games. He's been very good in most of them. Uh, again, wasn't outstanding in Cleveland. Did have a final drive that set him up for the game winner. Um, I just, I, I do wonder if it's an overreaction, island game, everybody and their mom watching Christmas night, and, and Purdy vomits all over himself. Are, are we doing, a, are we going a little too much this way off of one game? Well, no, because I believe my context for all of Purdy was he's a good quarterback. I've seen Kirk Cousins have games like this and Dak have games like this. They're all good quarterbacks. Yeah. But when you start putting guys in the MVP race, now you're seeing they're, they're great players. MVP in the NBA is like Jokic. You're like Jokic against Anthony Davis, a great player, Hall of Famer. Anthony Davis disappears. That's what an MVP looks like. Fair. MVP is LeBron where you put him against Durant, and you're like Durant disappears. Like If we're going to talk like Heisman, MVP, come on now. It can't be all about coach, system, weapons. It's got to be the guy. Like, I watched Lamar last night. I'm like, there's the NFC is 1-20 and 20 against him. That's fair. And, and by the way, when's the last time Baltimore was ever healthy? Yeah. Ever. Well, I mean, the only thing, if you want to play the game thing, Lamar's had three meltdowns in the fourth quarter this year. Three losses earlier this year. What do you mean uh, that? Cleveland, Pittsburgh, uh, Indianapolis. Remember, do you remember the Pittsburgh one when he had two touchdowns dropped in the end zone? He did. I also remember the interception. In the Like, you want to play the one game thing, I get it. I'm just saying... I'll final wrap up. Can you win a Brock? Can you win a Super Bowl this year with Brock Purdy? I watched last night. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Total <laughs> disagreement. Obviously. All right. So let's move on. How about the Eagles yesterday, Cowherd? Man, they they killed me. They dominate the Giants left and right, and then I love they somehow team. don't cover the spread because Jalen Hurts with it. as bad of a pick six as I've seen. Eagles can't guard Darius Slayton over the top. I mean, they doubled up the Giants in first downs. Five trips to the red zone. The Giants had just one. Colin, I, I just don't get it. Devonta Smith chimed in on the state of the offense after 500 yards for Philly. 11 wins. We're not playing good football right now. As an offense, we're not where we want to be. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not satisfied. Yeah, we got 11 wins. I'm not happy. It needs to be better for what I want to do, what everybody else in here wants to do, what we want to be. We're nowhere near that, so no, I'm not happy. 
Yeah, Devontae's really good. I love this team so much. They're going to finish 13-4. and four, A massive drop-off from last year's 14-3. and three. I, That says more about the, the garbage competition they're playing. I mean, the Giants are total <laughs> trash. Let's be real here, though. This is not remotely the same Eagles team that went to the Super Bowl last year. Are you sure? I mean, Colin, what, what do you mean? Oh, my, of course 13-4 and four if they beat the Giants in Arizona. Don't just judge the ones, wins and losses. Judge the process. And they looked awful, despite 500 yards of offense and 28 first downs and I blah, blah, blah. First of all, I didn't think they looked awful. Tyrod Taylor's probably the best backup in the league. The Giants actually, if you watch the Giants play, the Giants went on a little winning streak. Giant, Giants aren't the Jets. They can move the ball. They've got a great left tackle. They've got a star back. They've got an offensive coach who just squeezes every little last bit of juice. Like, I don't think the Giants, they're not good, but I, but I think they have the right components. The Jets don't have a left tackle or an offensive coach. That alone makes me like the Giants more than the Jets. No. I think the Jets have way more time. It's weird how we saw both former Super Bowl teams yesterday. Island games. They were kind of unwatchable. Eagles were kind of unwatchable yesterday. Opening kickoff of the second half, two guys run into well, each other. Yeah. What is that? It's, it, listen, it's... I, Colin, I was stunned. I can't believe how bad they looked. You're, you're giving them a pass. That's fine. Okay, <laughs> I love I this it. Philadelphia team. Okay. With uh, the, the world, everybody's bailing on a team that's going to finish 13-4. and four. Do you know they can still get the number one they seed? They can. They can. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think with that them. defense that they can, but I mean... <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's move on to the Jets, uh, the team I used to root for. Uh, It's official. Woody Johnson gave an interview to the New York Post and said he's keeping Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. He should. He said that before Sunday's game when they went up 21-0 and then nearly lost and then won it, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's the primary issue. I think that I would bring – if I was the owner, I would bring both back. You're all in on this – Aaron Rodgers. Oh no, yeah, fortunately stuff. So we're all got, in on Aaron Rodgers. So you gotta go. You gotta go for it one more year. You just you can't bring Aaron in and just it doesn't work because he gets hurt and blow it up. I mean, the Jets are impulsive. Stop being impulsive. Like Sala's defense is excellent. They play with passion. All we know. Wait, wait, wait. Stop. Timeout. Timeout. What do you mean? Passion. They play hard. Jacoby Brissett went up and down the field against him in the second half. Stop. They're not as good as you think. I'm just disappointed in this team. But I said I wouldn't talk about Aaron Rodgers, so I'll let you take it away. No, I'm not. Uh, it I, sounds I, like it's not official that Hackett's back, but it sounds like he's coming back. Yeah. Because Woody Johnson gave the official coach and GM are back. He didn't chime in on Hackett. I'll just say that. I would make a move. I don't think they will. This franchise sold their soul to Aaron, <sighs> and you've got one more year to live it out. Okay. Um, let's move on to the final story and the NBA yesterday. Boston Celtics looked incredible. Yeah, they Porzingis. Do. Man, Porzingis looks good. He had an awesome dunk back late in the game. It was just holy hell. Uh, my guy, Jason Tatum, who's a top five player in the league. I will hear nothing otherwise. Uh, Porzingis and Tatum, 53 points combined. Lakers have now lost six of eight since winning the in-season tournament. AD was pretty good, yeah. 40 and 13. Yeah. LeBron, nearly a triple-double. There's a KP putback. That was Listen, just like, Boston damn. doesn't have a ton of bench help. Either does Denver. But Denver and Boston, I do not remember a year where I, I felt before the trade deadline in December, I felt like we have two teams that are. Now, I do worry about Boston. They have these weird moments with Tatum, Jalen Brown, Leighton games. <clears throat> but when I watch Boston play and I watch Denver play, 
Their only vulnerability to me is the bench, and I do worry about situationally the Celtics coach, but it's a really good team. They're, they're starting five. No, no, this is, it's this the, is awesome. The Nuggets Celtics starting fives are easily the best in the league, and this this the only yeah. vulnerability. Boston, I worry about the coach in close games. I think that's a real thing. Neither one has a great bench, but that's overstated because Denver's bench last year was 15th in the league, and the best oh, bench last good. year was the Pacers. Um. NBA had kind of a quiet Christmas day because the NFL was hogging a lot, and oh, yeah. NFL had upsets galore. Um, it's weird. We'll get to the Suns later on, but I don't know. Lakers have lost six of eight, Colin. I, I know it's Christmas time. We don't want to talk about firing anybody or getting uh, getting people shipped out of town, but it's it starting to feel like something's probably going to go down with this team here yeah, in January. This they, cannot keep up. LeBron listen, will not stand. Everybody for. loved all the D-Lo and Jared Vanderbilt and Rui Hashimura, and they were nice Band-Aids after the Westbrook thing didn't work. But they're just Band-Aids, and Band-Aids eventually got to peel them off. Like, the, the, those were nice additives to get them through. They made a Westbrook deal. It didn't work, right? So they, they add these players, and they add some size and team guys – and it, it felt like, hey, this this is better. It was better, but it didn't make them great. Rui and Jared Vanderbilt, they're not going to make you great. They made a bad situation last year better. I, when I watched the Lakers, and I try to watch a bit of every Laker game, they, they, more than any team, maybe except Indiana, took the play-in tournament seriously. Yeah. They really cared. But most of the... Most of the teams in the league didn't spend that much energy on it. So the Lakers win that, hang the banner, and feel great. But this is a team that, because of clever moves last year, solved a mess with Westbrook. That thing just didn't work. Westbrook and LeBron now don't even talk. Like, that thing was a mess. And they solved it with a Band-Aid. But Band-Aids come off. It's time to make another move and get more athletic, get better defensively on the wing. They're not a championship it, roster. It's a, the mentality for this team last year in the playoffs was we're locked in, we're going to the conference finals. The in-season tournament, we're locked in, let's win this bad boy. Now it's just like December games, they come out, they're down 15 like in a heartbeat. Yeah. It's it's tough for these guys to get motivated when they know we could just turn it on and the whole flip the switch idea. I don't know, Colin. Starting to get a little nervous for LeBron's Lakers. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Well, Pro Sports is a live television show. So you see the arguments on TV. You see the flaws and the mistakes on TV. And that's what you're seeing with the 9-6 and six Kansas City Chiefs. Conflict. Disagreements. Coaches mad at the tight end. Kansas City is just a company, many of you work at those, that's working through its flaws live on television. An aging tight end, a two-young receiver group, an O-line struggling at tackle, higher expectations, Super Bowl or bust. It's all live every Sunday. It's hard to be very, very good in this league consistently when you're bad at a certain position group. And the Chiefs are bad at wide receiver. But Colin, Joe Burrow got to a Super Bowl with a bad O-line. Yes, he did. And do you remember that season? They were 10-7 and in the regular season. They beat the Raiders with an interim coach in the playoffs in the wild card round. Barely. And they beat Ryan Tannehill in the playoffs. Barely. Remember that year? They had one great game. They got better and better and beat Kansas City and deserved love. But they were 10-7. and seven. This team feels like they're going to end up 10-7 and seven with a lot of warts 
a flawed team, but they're bad at wide receiver. So last year, Travis Kelsey was a Band-Aid for some of their limitations at wide receiver. And this year, he has not had a touchdown since week 11. He's aging, perhaps a bit distracted, but he can't pull them out of this thing. It's a live television show. I don't love them, but I still like them. But they're really bad at wide receiver. A lot of drops. I don't even understand what that trick play was. Looks like sometimes the young guys just are, are just not ready to play in big spots. But this is what they have. It's too late. They're past the trade deadline. They're a good team. They're not a great team. You can't be that bad at wide receiver and be a great team. That Bengals team was a good team. Wasn't a great team. The Rams were a much better team. So I, I'm not selling all my stock, but a Patrick Mahomes with an aging tight end and offensive tackles, as Greg Cosell pointed out a couple of weeks ago, that he just doesn't trust. He does not look comfortable. Everybody is saying, I'm watching these analysts say he doesn't see down the field. That's never been a problem. What he doesn't is trust his tackles and trust his young receivers. And it's a live television show, and we're all seeing it. You and your company can go to a cubicle, you can have a meeting, you can go to lunch, you can have a company retreat. You can't do that in pro sports. It's all live every Sunday on TV. And Kansas City's a good team working through some stuff, and here's Patrick Mahomes after. You see glimpses of us moving the football. You see glimpses of us scoring in the red zone. Um, it's just we haven't consistently done it enough um, game in and game out. Um, at this end of the season, we kind of had one good game, one bad game, one good game, one bad game. Um, but uh, we have to be more consistent because when you get to the playoffs, you have to string some together. I mean, I still believe that we can we can go do what we want to do. It's just uh, how can we correct it as quickly as possible. That's it. They feel like a 10-7 and 7 team. They feel like that Bengals team where they're really, really bad in one spot, and that team got to the Super Bowl. And I could argue the AFC was better then. Day Bowl was still, I believe, in Buffalo with Josh Allen. Kansas City was had all their weapons. And, and Cincinnati still worked its way through. So, you know, every weekend, this is a situational league. I've been saying this all year. Except for the Niners, it's a situational league. And then yesterday we found out <laughs> it's a situational league for the Niners too. You just have to watch the games. Anger, ticked off, flaws, warts. I think they'll figure it out and have a good shot to get to the AFC Championship. But, but if you're waiting for them to solve receiver, it's not going to be good. The Bengals couldn't solve that O-line. It wasn't that good. If you're waiting for the Chiefs to solve their offensive tackle issues, they're not going to solve them. They'll try to band-aid them and be as good as you can possibly be. But you're going to give up sacks and you're going to drop passes and going to make mistakes, and that's what Kansas City is. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 82-game preseason is in the books. It's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, 
DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds, boosts, and more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD. New customers bet five and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. 200. That's code HERD only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Sunday, the race for the NFL postseason is on. Fox, as Matthew Stafford and the Rams continue their push for the playoffs against the Giants. Or the Seahawks try to keep their hopes alive as they host the Steelers. Check for the game in your area only on that was the one. I went two, two, and one this weekend. The one game I missed on was the Steelers. It's hard to it's hard to put your money on Mason Rudolph, but he played great. And the Steelers pinned into a corner, a wounded animal. Underdog coach Mike Tomlin, J Mac told you that was one of the picks of the week, and he nailed it. So I got to go back to Philadelphia briefly. I this cracks me up, and I understand like like recency bias. So the Eagles were eleven and four, and they play Arizona, the Giants. They should go thirteen and four. Last year, they went 14-3. and three. Fans are too consumed with Philadelphia last year. They had a stack roster and had a conveyor belt of weak quarterbacks. They had a win over Davis Webb, a win over Davis Mills. They had a win over Cooper Rush and Carson Wentz. And Matt Ryan was so old, an hour later, he became a broadcaster. They had lots of those. They faced rookie Kenny Pickett. But they also had narrow wins over Arizona and the Colts. And the Bears. But everything was lightning in a bottle last year. Everything fell into place. But if you go back to last year, didn't they lose to Andy Dalton and Taylor Heineke? And then they got to the playoffs and Brock Purdy got hurt in the first half. And then they beat Daniel Jones. <laughs> you guys are making it out to be the 75 Steelers last year. They got weak quarterbacks, struggled against many average teams, and got a break in the playoffs. And all anybody can remember is a shootout against the Kansas City Chiefs. This year's different. They faced a five-week gauntlet of Dak twice, Patrick Mahomes, the 49ers physicality, and Josh Allen. And in that, they went three and two, and they got kind of beat up and exposed. But they're probably going to finish 13 and four. What a massive drop-off from last year's 14 and three. And last year, narrow wins over the Bears. And the awful Colts and Arizona, they could still be the number one seed. They've got weapons. They've got experience. They have Jalen Hurts. They have an excellent offensive line. Yeah, they're a flawed team. Two-star receivers, capable backs, capable tight ends, great O-line, 
It's Philadelphia. They'll be ready to play. It's a division rivalry game. They won it. Gave up some big plays. It happens. But it's remarkable. You guys, last year, you're making last year for them feel like they were Alabama six years ago. They had narrow wins over bad teams. They beat lots of bad quarterbacks. The schedule's been tougher, been closer games. Their gauntlet five-game stretch, they went three and two. I think they're in a great spot. Nobody believes in them. That's the story of Philadelphia. That's Rocky. That's the Eagles. That's, that's Nick Foles. The story of Philadelphia has always been, they're not great as favorites. They're not great when they're hyped like the Sixers every year with Embiid. They're great when nobody believes in them, and nobody does, and they're really good. Their constitution, their intensity, their history. This is, the, this is a perfect spot for Philadelphia. They're really good, and nobody buys into them. Here's Nick Sirianni after. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> Feels good, right? Um, you know, obviously got some things to clean up, um, you know, uh, but – Good energy uh, to get back get back on the on the right side of things. Um, always always a better feeling correcting the tape um, after a win than after a loss. That's for sure. And so uh, you know we needed to get out of the funk that we were in. And, and sometimes that's just by by getting a win. And um, I thought there was a lot of good things on, out there today. Obviously, I'll have to watch it and 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 have some more answers for you guys about that. But a lot of good things. That's what I saw. Now, J-Mac had those rose-colored Brock Purdy glasses on, and maybe he couldn't. His, his uh, X-ray vision got clouded. But I saw a really good team that won a division game that did some great things that's flawed. The whole league is, even the Niners. The difference is the Niners are flawed at the most important position, and the Eagles have Jalen Hurts. So I want to talk about Baker Mayfield. Now, I know you think I don't like Baker Mayfield. Always welcome on the show. Said before, think he's a good guy, gets a little over his skis, chip on his shoulder. But Baker, um, and I've said this for several weeks, is the best quarterback in his division. And what does that mean? Well, I looked at the standings today. Baker threw for 283 yards. They blew out the Jags who were reeling. That's another day. But the best quarterback, I'll read this slowly, leads every division. Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence tied, uh, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield. There's only two divisions the best quarterback doesn't lead. Josh Allen's in second place in a playoff team in the AFC East, and Matt Stafford is a playoff team in the NFC West. So the best quarterback in every division is either in first or tied for first or second place, and Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback in his division. And he's always been as good as his confidence and his cast, and both are strong right now. This is also a completely no-pressure environment. In Cleveland, and in fairness, he created a lot of that pressure. But in Cleveland, he was a number one pick. Cleveland never wins anything, so they, they had him out being the next LeBron. Right? Like, that, Cleveland, you know, was way over the top thinking he was a savior. Nobody's a savior. Even Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes need help. So, and he's not that kind of athlete. But he's always been good when he's got confidence. He does. And like the Philadelphia Eagles, Baker's at his best when nobody believes in him or nobody cares about him. And he can have a chip on his shoulder and carry the team. In Cleveland, it just wasn't going to work. He was trying to get on TV commercials every 15 minutes. 
He was a number one pick. It's a dysfunctional organization. I mean, Joe Flacco should be their future, not Deshaun Watson. As far as I can tell, they're still messed up. They thought they solved it again. They didn't. It's Cleveland. They never do. But this is a good spot for Baker when he's got confidence in a cast. And I've said this for years. I covered Tampa years and years ago. Tampa's always got players. Tampa's always got talent. They have a good front office. They scout and develop well. Tampa's got dudes. They also have Dave Canales is his quarterback coach, right? That was Geno Smith last year. So they have a guy in the NFL now. They have found the coach, the quarterback whisperer for him, who's pretty good with reclamation projects. He was with Geno last year. He is with Baker this year. This is a dangerous team. I'm going to tell you something. Dallas goes to Tampa, week one, uh, playoff round one. <laughs> Watch out. Baker's never good playing from behind. He's not good with a ton of pressure. He's not good sometimes dealing with the media. He can get petty and has to win the room and win the, win the, win the press conference. That's not his space. But, you know, like being part of a team that nobody believes in, being part of a division that doesn't have great quarterbacks, there's no pressure. They didn't draft him number one, didn't give up a ton, not paying him a ton. This is his space. This is the perfect space for Baker Mayfield to flourish. And believe it or not, I'm happy. It'll be fun. He's a good story. He's good content. Like I said, I'm not rooting for Aaron Rodgers to get hurt. Aaron's fun. I, I think Aaron's much better playing than talking about playing. And I think Baker in this environment, just like in Oklahoma, had to transfer. Nobody believed him. Chip on his shoulder. This is the best Baker he talked after. I did ask for a win. Yeah. Yeah. So he brought that for me. So that's great. But I've got another one coming. Uh, it, there was a, two parts to the wish. So, yeah. Yeah. The best quarterback is going to probably win every division except Josh Allen and Matt Stafford. And so if, if I said today to you, J-Mac, Derek Carr, Bryce Young, I mean, seriously, you start looking at that division. Bryce Young, by the way, who played well, the best game of the season. Desmond uh, Ritter or Baker Mayfield. Taylor Heineke. Um, So, Bucks host the Saints this week. You want to guess the line? Bucks host the Saints this week. Well, off that win, people will now start going a little crazy on Tampa. They're a good team. They're not special. They'll be a little overvalued. My takeaway is the bet of the week is bet against Tampa. What is the line? It's Bucks minus three. Against the Saints. Listen, I was on the Saints earlier this season at home against the Bucs. Tampa smashed them in the second half. The Bucs are not bad. They're, I don't know if they no. can be feisty with Dallas, but um, Tampa Bay's not bad. I think you're onto something with this Dave Canales. I was just reading about him. Um, he's going to get some looks in the offseason. Um, I just want to uh, correct one quick thing. Okay, well, okay one not quick a thing. major correction. Okay, Elaborate, I'm not please, calling please. you out. But we need to stop saying, well, the Eagles won 13 games last year. Okay. Their point differential at 11 and 4 is plus 26. They're not beating teams. Last year, it was one of the best in the league, well over 100. Mm. Dallas, 10 and 5, plus 165. Colin, Dallas goes to Philly in the playoffs. Who you got? Philly. Dallas goes on the road against Philly. So Dallas crushed them in Dallas, and then in Philly, Dallas annihilated them in the fourth quarter, just could not get in the end zone. You asked me the question, I'm giving you the answer. January football, Dallas and Philly. We'll go head-to-head there. Eagles are not a good football team right now, man. They're just not. And I'm not saying that because they didn't cover four. Yeah, they didn't get a steady diet of Davis Mills and Davis Webb like last year. Amazing. The game's got closer. That's fair. (laughs) Hurt hierarchy next. (laughs) Hi, let's talk about 
Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Decovis is your stop before attending your next concert. All Decovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Decovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Decovis store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. I love it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Decovis.com. Stores are great, but it's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 